Best Friends Finance, because when women talk about money, it's worth a million. Okay, welcome to Best Friends Finance, where we are empowering women to take control of their financial future by talking about money with friends. It's Amanda and Laura. How are you today? I'm doing great. How about you? I am well. I am really excited about what we're going to talk about today because I feel like this was a pretty life-changing little experiment you and I did. Absolutely. And we've got some updates for everyone. We do. So in a nutshell, um, friends, we did something called The Last 90 Days. So if anybody follows Rachel Hollis, Laura and I are big Rachel Hollis fans. She's the author of Girl, Wash Your Face and Girl, Stop Apologizing. She's just really, you know, a wonderful, empowering um, leader for women, not just in business, but in their personal lives and in every area of life. And she did a program. She's done it for a couple of years now called Last 90 Days. And it's really a five-part thing. So it's, they call it their five to thrive. The idea was there were five things that you were supposed to change, do during those last 90 days of the year to start your next year. And in this case, it was start your next decade um, at your best. So the five, four of which I think Laura and I both already were kind of okay on. One was drink half your body's weight in ounces of water per day. You do that, right? Yes, I do. Nope. Yes, we have that one down. Um, one is to exercise or move your body for at least 30 minutes a day, which we've both been doing for quite some time. That's not a problem. Sometimes it's just walking my dog, I'll be honest. That counts though, right? Absolutely. It's not always about getting to an exercise class, just getting outside, moving your body, you know, getting some fresh air. Okay. And one was um, waking up and first thing in the morning, right? things you're grateful for. So writing gratitudes in the morning. And my gratitude practice probably left a little bit to be desired. I probably still do it three days a week, but that's way more consistent than I ever did before. How about you, Laura? I have been really consistent with it. I mean, it's it's something that I have found that I, if for some reason my mornings get, you know, sidetracked, I can't go to bed without doing it. And the other day, as a prime example, Thursday night, I I hadn't finished my gratitude journal for that day. And so I sat down and finished it before I could even crawl into bed and, and feel good about going to sleep. Okay. And then fourth was get up an hour earlier. I have been getting up at six for a long time. And frankly, that's about as early as my body's going to do. But you are kind of a master at the early morning, aren't you? You know, I've always loved to get up super early and start my day. You know, when my girls lived at home, it was that time of the day when I could focus and get some things done that I needed to get done without any distractions. Also, my pets aren't awake at that time in the morning. So it's just solitude, quiet time where you can really focus. However, I've shifted my workouts to 5 and 6 a.m. And so I've, I'm already getting up three mornings a week at like 4.15. I cannot get up at 3.15. So what I've done, though, is I'm back home by about 6.15 in the morning, those three mornings of the week, and I have that solid hour before I have any interruptions. 4.15 is bananas. Um, okay, so that was the fourth one. And then the fifth one is the one that we're really focused on, which is um, giving up some. Uh, Rachel Hollis and her husband always give up some kind of food item. And when I did this for the first year, which was 2018, what I gave up was drinking wine on weeknights because I kind of got into a habit of opening a bottle of wine and having a glass or two or two and a half on a weeknight and then not sleeping well or being short with my kids. And so I gave that up. And other than when I'm out with friends or have like an actual social event, I've continued to do that. And that's been pretty life-changing for me. But this year, when it came to giving something up, both of our our 
food habits are pretty much on lockdown at this point. We have made some major changes over the last year or so. What did you first think when you were like, what food would I give up? Well, that's what was confusing to me because I was listening to what they were giving up and I was, you know, listen, I was reading what other people were giving up and it just, I'd already lost 25, almost 25 pounds by, in, in the month of, in the month, in the year of 2019. And I thought I've already accomplished really what my weight and health goals are. I, what, what I need to do is I need to give up discretionary spending on all things frivolous for myself, which I knew going into the holiday was, was going to be extremely hard because we were going to have holiday parties where I would think I needed a new shirt or a new pair of pants or a new pair of shoes and, or let's be honest, I love my home to look cute. So there was going to be an opportunity for me to decorate not only for you know Halloween, but also Christmas. And I am notorious for always wanting something you know, new, a new pillow for my couch or pumpkins or a new wreath for my front door, whatever that is. But I knew with my finances where they were that this was the year that I needed to say no to all of those things. So Laura told me that, and I was in the process of thinking, okay, I already gave up alcohol on weeknight. I'm already gluten-free because I have one daughter with celiac disease. I'm already dairy-free because I have major stomach issues when I eat dairy. Sorry, TMI. But When she said that, I thought, what an incredible exercise to give up discretionary spending for 90 days and see if we could build a habit that we could take into the new year. So I jumped on that bandwagon with you, Laura. And I remember Steve, my husband, being so excited, like, whoa, (laughs) is is this possible? So how did it go for you? I did great. Once I made up my mind and I said it out loud, which is so important, you guys, when you when you say something out loud and you declare it, it makes it so much easier to follow through. And I said it to my husband and between you and him, I knew that you guys would hold me accountable. And the, the best part is I didn't ask him to do it with me, but he said, if you're going to do it, I'm going to do it too. And I knew that that was going to make an even bigger impact for us and our finances if he would do it along with me. I think I revealed in my money story episode that the only thing I purchased discretionary in that 90 days was a pair of bar socks because I had forgotten them. And they actually, at the studio I was visiting, they actually required you to wear them. So I I was forced to spend $16 and purchase them. You were forced. They wrestled you to the ground. (laughs) Yes. But that was in furtherance of your health goals. So we can, we can justify that, right? Absolutely. How about you? What did you, um, I know that it was a little harder for you than it was for me. Okay. So it was pretty interesting for me. I think I learned a lot about myself and my habits and my patterns. And what I realized is I really was in the habit of spending money every single day, whether it was on a Starbucks you know, buying a coffee, seeing a cute accessory or, oh, you know, I need some shampoo. I don't need shampoo. I have nine shampoos at home. You know, just the habit of seeing something and and seeing A, it was on sale or B, it was just something, a shiny object. I would just grab it. You shared on our Instagram, the most mind blowing fact the other day, which is is what does it take to blow $10,000 a year? $27 and 40 cents a day. That blew my mind because I have no doubt that I was spending $27.40 a day mindlessly prior to this. I haven't told you this yet, Amanda, but when I was at my bar class yesterday morning, 
at 5 a.m., the girls were asking me about the podcast. And one of them had seen that on Instagram and she brought it up and they all said, so what I need to do is stay off of Amazon. And I said, Amazon is killing y'all for sure. They're clicking $27 a day, almost every day on Amazon. I think so many of us are, don't you think it's just so easy and it feels like free money. You feel like you're not paying for anything because all of your information is loaded in there. It just makes it incredibly easy to blow through that money. It does make it incredibly easy, Amanda. But one thing that I've done is instead of using my credit card, instead of having my credit card tied to my Amazon account, is now tied to my debit card. So through these last 90 days and some of the things that I've began to learn is I check my checking account balance every single day. So when the Amazon is hitting your debit card, you see your balance declining. You pause before you hit place order now because you know it's coming right out of your checking account and it's not hitting a credit card. That is so, so smart. So I think Amazon is a is a big one because it's become so easy for all of us. And did you know that we're paying annually for our Prime memberships? Like a, it's like a hundred bucks a year now. I think when I first started, it was sixty. It's up to a hundred. So we're we're lulled into this complacency of oh, but it's free shipping. No, it's just that you've already paid for the shipping. Absolutely, I didn't realize that either until. It hit our it hit my debit card maybe in October and I saw that and I thought, who and so I immediately was texting in our and our Ford family text, who charged something on Amazon for, you know, I think it was $130. And everyone was like, not me, not me, not me. So when I logged in, we share one Amazon account between the four of us. And when I got on there and checked it, that's what it was. I literally had no idea. So, hey, everybody, FYI, you are paying for your shipping. You're just paying it in one fell swoop annually. So, yeah, I learned a lot about myself, about my habit on spending daily, my habit on clicking buy now on Amazon, and also about my just general online shopping habit. So after work, okay, we, we have don't have a regular work day because we're both self-employed, but, you know, in my downtime at night, if I'm just trying to unwind a little bit, I got in the habit of going to my promotions tab on Gmail and scrolling through all of the emails that I got from different merchants. And I get all of them. I have, you guys, I have a major athleisure wear problem. And it's not really athleisure wear, it's, it's workout clothes. I'm kind of obsessed and I have Athleta and Lululemon and Nordstrom and they're all coming into my promotions inbox. And so a few nights a week, I would go in there and scroll and just see like, oh, my favorite XYZ is on sale or, um, you know, they're doing a 10% off sale. Like the, the psychology behind sales works really, really well on people like me who are shoppers who feel like, I feel like I'm making money when I get a deal. And now I realize like, no, 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 I, I shouldn't look at it like, oh, wow, that $100 sweater was $60. I got, I, I saved $40. I should say I spent $60. No matter what it is, it's money going out. And that was getting me every time. When you're married to someone who owns a retail business, they are quick to point out when I'm getting impulsed. You know, Jeff is quick to say, that's an impulse purchase, put it back. So I'm not that way at all, Amanda. I mean, 
I have discretionary spending, of course, but I'm more of a buy it because I need it. Like these no longer fit because I've lost 25 pounds. It's in this, it becomes more of a, I do things more out of a necessity or I'm going somewhere and I want to look nice. So then I go buy. I've never really been one to just aimlessly shop and purchase things just because they were on sale. And I always kind of justified that by saying, you know, I may spend more because, but I don't buy things I don't need. I only buy when I need things. That is very healthy sounding. I'm getting there. I really am getting there because that's not where I was. I mean, it, literally, I, I have a favorite brand of jeans and I didn't need more jeans, but I saw the jeans were on sale and thought, well, I love these. So I'm going to get another pair. Thinking again about the X dollars I was saving versus the Y dollars, which was more that I was spending. So um, I mean, to be like you. So, <laughs> but I would, but, but when I did buy, I would buy you know, the top, the bottom, the shoes, I would buy the whole thing. So I don't know if I really saved money by doing it that way. Heart, very rarely did I ever catch anything on sale. So I don't know which way is best. We're both spending money. We'll put it that way. Exactly. We were both spending money. You know, so I told you I'm, I'm scrolling and that's how I was unwinding. And then I was buying things online and I recognize I get a full on dopamine hit when I click buy now. Like for me, it's, that might be a little bit of an addiction. So during the last 90 days, I do my grocery shopping online. I discovered that it was as like pleasing to me and as exciting to me to add something non-food related to my grocery cart as it was to just shop for like a pair of shoes or whatever. So I'm not kidding, Laura. Like, I don't know. Someone needs to do some- You're um, crazy. <laughs> some, yeah, some anal what, analysis. I need some psychotherapy or something. But like, you know, if I'm on my grocery website and I, I had to add shampoo or paper towels, I was like, ooh, that's exciting. Dopamine hit. That's weird. <laughs> I feel like when you go to the grocery store, I did this yesterday morning on the way home from working out. I stopped and I got a few things for dinner and it was $100. I have no idea I, how I spent $100. I mean, I'm literally walking out looking at the at my receipt going, where was the $100 in there? I didn't buy wine or anything like that. You know, I, I couldn't figure out how to add it up so quickly, but it does. So I do like the online shopping for that. Because you don't have any impulse purchases. Like there's just not an opportunity. You really stick to a list and get only what you need. So I do think that's life-changing. If anybody out there is still going into the grocery store, unless you actually get pleasure out of grocery shopping, in which case I find you really interesting because I hate grocery shopping, but good on you. Um, we both have found you'll save so much money by ordering online and going to pick up. So, so yeah, so we did this. So we did 90 days of no discretionary spending. And so basically all we purchased were groceries and, you know, the, the things that you have to have to run your house, your household. And for me with kids still at home, well, Laura's paying tuition. I'm sure you had to pay some tuition during that time. Yes, tuition. And I had the normal kid stuff like, you know, club sports dues and things they needed for school. So that didn't change, but it was really incredible to me to see what an impact it made on our bottom line and our, and our, our spending for those three months just by me not spending on anything discretionary. It, may, it really made a huge difference. Now, I did screw up once, which... <laughs> Laura knows about because she's my accountability person. So I called you her. You had to, to confess. Her. I called her to confess. My one of my friends sent a a cute young lady selling cutco knives to me. And I just I, you know, someone out there working hard and trying to build a business, I can't say no. So I met with her and I did buy some new knives, but I had not I've been married for 13 years and our knives were a wedding gift. 
and they were in sorry shape. So I, I did not buy like a whole block of knives, but I did buy a few new knives, which I do not regret because holy crow, now that we cook at home all the time because we eat out a lot less, that has made a huge difference. And when I called you and confessed, you were very, you, you helped me justify. Well, we we put it right over there in your grocery budget and we moved on because yes. <laughs> we bought the knives. And to be honest, I desperately want the Cutco knives too, but I want the white handle. So then we got into this whole rabbit trail of which ones did you purchase? So yeah, that was the one cheat. And so we made it. And then of course, Christmas was in there because it was the last 90 days of the year. So um, I did purchase Christmas presents for my family, but we did tone it down this year. Did you Did you find that it toned down how you spent for your girls and Jeff? 100%. In fact, we went into Christmas and we set the tone for our kids. They're 21 and 24. And we just said, you know, this is something that we're, we're working really hard at and it's really important to us. And so this year, Christmas is going to look a little different. We had already planned a vacation. And so we said, we're going to do this and we're going to allow ourselves to ski this amount of days. Your actual presents are going to be, you know, they're going to look a lot different this year than they had in the past. And they were perfectly fine with that. My kids, they don't really, they don't need a whole lot. I think it's good for them to see us having to go through, you know, some, some struggles and some times where we aren't just spending aimlessly. The year before we had spent, the, you know, a week in New York with our daughter and we'd gone to Broadway plays and shows, the Rockettes, you know, we'd done a lot of that as life happens things ebb and flow. And this was a year where we needed to, to make some cutbacks and they were perfectly fine with it and lovely and gracious about it. That is so great. And, and it's teaching them probably a really good lesson that, you know, I probably could have learned at their age. Um, my kids are a little younger at 10 and 12. So uh, we still had to have, you know, packaged under the tree and, and have that big, exciting thing. But I will tell you what I did was save up on the necessities for winter as long as I possibly could and until Christmas if I could so that under the tree they had snow boots wrapped. They had new coats wrapped because they're still at that age where they're growing out of everything constantly. Right. So I replaced necessities and wrapped those for Christmas and they did get hoverboards but we got like the cheapest Walmart hoverboard you could imagine. I did do the research to ensure it was not going to burst into flames while they were hovering down the street and and they they don't know the difference. They're enjoying them immensely. My girls are super into like eyeshadow palettes and that sort of thing. And I was able to get a lot of that stuff on sale by, you know, it's that time of the year when you can find a lot of coupons and makeup palettes aren't that expensive. So we did some fun things there. I think that it worked out just the way it was supposed to. Okay. So we made it through the 90 days. Laura, what's the first thing that you bought when it was over, when you could discretionarily spend money again? Amanda, it is February. It's almost the middle of February and I still have not bought myself anything. Despite having lost 25 pounds last year, I am still wearing the same jeans. I have not bought any new jeans yet. I'm kind of obsessed with not spending money right now on things like that. Isn't that amazing that that just, it continued? Like when you first decided to do it, it probably sounded really hard, but now you're enjoying it totally enjoying it. And my Spanx and my athleisure wear still fit really well. So I, <laughs> I'm just putting big sweaters with it and going with it. Oh my gosh. Well, I, um, I made it to exactly January 2nd before spending money. And you know what it was? It was a flipping Athleta friends and family coupon. Like, Hey, here's 20% off. You spend it now. Yay. And so I got on and I went on the clearance section and I did buy myself 
a couple things for bar class, a couple workout items, but a, a low dollar amount. And that's the only thing I have purchased um, since, gosh, the end of September when we, you know, right before we started doing this. It's funny today I, I'm wearing some of the stuff I just bought at my workout and realizing how much I enjoy it. Like, wow, this is probably the third time in like eight days that I've worn these pants. So that made me feel good because you don't want, like after doing that, you don't want to bring anything into your house that's not an absolute hell yes. And I love only having what can fit in my drawer in my drawer. And so so I have a question for you, Amanda. You've admitted that you've purchased a couple of things. What is your goal now? Now that you that we've kind of lifted that ban, what does that look like for you? Like, so I I would like to continue to subscribe to what we have called hell yes spending. Okay, which <laughs> hashtag hell yes spending, which is if it's not a hell yes, like an exuberant, joyful, jumping up and down. This is going to be my new favorite of this category of thing. Hell yes. It's a no. And I think a big part of that is um, during that that time when you're not bringing more in, you're really taking notice of what you have. And I was looking around my home and my closet and thinking of all the things that could disappear today and I would not care. There's just too much stuff. And I loved not adding to that. I loved just keeping things really simple. And I feel that way now. Like I just, before I bring something into my home, I want there to be a space for it to be something that I absolutely love and treasure and not just more stuff. In a few weeks, everyone's going to be hearing from um, the queen of organization. She wrote the book, literally, um, Stephanie Sikora, who wrote Simplified. She's a professional organizer. And we, we talk about that, the psychology of, of the stuff and the clutter. And I think that's what got me more than anything. It's so true. I have to tell you a real quick funny, as you're sitting here talking about that, I pulled out a camel colored suede button up skirt that I had in my closet. And Ashley says, you're going to wear that. <laughs> that's out of, that, that suede skirts out of style. And I thought I have it. Actually, I haven't worn it in a quite some time. So I threw it on, put it on with a denim jacket with a, you know, with a, with a cute cream colored top, everything I already had. And I got more compliments on that outfit. And I laughed so hard because my 24-year-old had told me how out of date that skirt was. And I thought, well, you know what? It looks good on me and I'm going with it. I could care less that it's out of style. You posted a picture of that. Uh, now that you're yes. saying that, I saw the picture and I thought you look so great. It's what I had in my closet. Oh <laughs> so my don't gosh. listen to maybe don't always listen to your children and or a friend that might tell you something's out of style. If it looks good on you and you look and you feel like you look cute in it, go with it. Okay. So now how do you feel going forward? Is this something that you just plan on keeping going? We've talked a couple, we've talked about, you know, when, when we, when we're here, like when we pay off X, we are going to buy X and, or, you know, I, so for me, Amanda, I need a new laptop really badly. And so we're, we're talking about what that looks like. At what point do we feel comfortable going and spending a lump sum of money on buying a new laptop? Our conversations around what we're buying have completely changed. Like it's no longer just, we need it. Let's go get it. It's when are we going to make that purchase? And so, but we're not even talking about like clothes or furnishings or anything like that. It's really more things that we really feel like we need, but those are things that we're working towards. And so when we get there, we'll reward ourselves. 
So I have to share, it was so funny, so cute. I was in the car coming home from a, a volleyball tournament with my 12-year-old and I was subjecting her to a financial podcast, um, Jean Chatsky's podcast. And a woman on there was talking about paying off debt and talking about like making a star chart or something like you had back in you know third grade right. um, on your refrigerator with stars for each hundred dollars or whatever that you pay off. And once you fill a whole chart, treat yourself by, you know, purchasing something you've been wanting or going to the spa or whatever. And my 12 year old said, mom, that doesn't sound like a very smart idea. If you just saved all this money to pay off your debt, would you reward yourself by spending more money? And I, I felt so proud. I'm on That is so smart. Oh my <laughs> goodness. I love that. She may, she may be, she may have some good financial sense in spite of me. I do hear on through a lot of other avenues that we listen to podcasts and, and, and books that I've read that there is a place in time to reward yourself for things, whether it's, you know, taking yourself, if you've paid something off and you're really proud of yourself, you know, rewarding yourself to, you know, a nice dinner with your spouse and, or what, whatever it is mm -hmm. that brings you joy or happiness. And that is one thing as empty nesters, we do really love to get out of the house and go sit down without our phones on, without any interruptions and just have a good conversation with over a bottle or a glass of wine. And so that is one area that we have scaled tremendously back on, but we still do a couple of times a month. First of all, we don't want anybody to feel bad if you spend money on, on yourselves. Like we're not saying spending money or discretionary spending is bad. It's just learning to be mindful. And I think that's what we brought out of this 90-day experiment is being mindful on, on our discretionary spending. But something that I've heard that I loved is spend extravagantly on the few things in life you are wildly passionate about and spend like the tightest, cheapest, there's a better word for it, but but be very frugal with things that don't matter to you. Spending is okay. It's just not spending unconsciously on everything. It's spending, you know, you can spend more on things that you're wildly passionate about as long as you're saving in other areas. But what got us on this trajectory of even thinking about what we were going to give up was it goes all goes back to Rachel Hollis. Part of that last 90 days is forecasting what the next 10 years is going to look like for you and writing down and manifesting those things as if they had already happened. And when I started writing Amanda down the things that I want to manifest in my life and the things that I want in the next decade, what I recognized was if we stayed on the same trajectory, spending habits, et cetera, and things coming up into your life that you, they're unforeseeable expenses like a tax liability, like your home being flooded and, you know, three quarters of it not being covered by insurance. These are all things that happen to you. And so you have to have some cushion there. And I knew that we had to change what we were doing in order to be able to accomplish the things that I know are not only that I want, but I also know that my husband wants that, you know, we're on, we're on the same page about the things that we want to accomplish over the next 10 years. And, you know, we're not getting any younger and we do want to be able to retire one day. And so this is a good opportunity for you to like really sit down and take a look at what your finances are and where you're going. So would you recommend our listeners, our friends here, would you recommend they try this? I mean, even 30 days. Absolutely. 30 days. And then from 30 days, you know, I, I just feel, I feel like 
after 30 days, if it worked for you, just keep it going, do it again, the next 30 days and the next 30 days. And, you know, you may be like Amanda on day 91, <laughs> buy something, but you may Busted. also, find, you may also find that you're like me and you're thinking, wow, this, it actually feels better to be climbing out of debt and paying things down than it does to be able to go buy. And I could go buy a new pair of jeans if I wanted to, but I, I know that doesn't bring me as much joy as seeing my credit score go up and my debt come down and my savings accounts start to go up. What do the next 10 years look like for you, Amanda? I mean, what was it about this exercise that made you want to continue down this path? Because it made me think that we could be at that point of, of financial independence and being able to retire in 10 years instead of 20. If we control our spending and are really diligent with our savings, paying ourselves first, like Katie Green said, like not just immediately putting into retirement accounts, but also immediately putting into additional savings, saving beyond that, going beyond that 15%, we could retire earlier than 65. We could potentially retire at 55. And I mean, I don't really know that I'll ever retire because I really enjoy working. And I think when you love what you do, you can probably work forever. But knowing that we might have that option 10 years earlier then I thought we would have that option just even three years ago. By being more mindful and going beyond that 15% retirement and just by not spending $27.40 a day. You know, there's $10,000 a year. That is huge over the long term if you're investing it and, and that's compounding. Well, Amanda, I think that conversation was worth a million. How about you? I mean, who whoever would have guessed when you told me we were going to not spend anything discretionary for 90 days that we would make it work. And we did. And now it's completely changed our ongoing spending. So we'd love to challenge our listeners to do the same. We want you to share with us what you decide to do, whether it's 30 days, 60 days, or 90 days. And you can catch us on Facebook at Best Friends Finance, also on Instagram or Amanda. On our website, we have a website. Okay, guys, we're not like web developers. It's not the most beautiful site, but it's a site. And if you want to be sure you don't miss a moment with Best Friends Finance, please go to bestfriendsfinance.com. Drop us your email address, and then we will drop it in your inbox to let you know um, when we have a new episode come out or when we have any new resources to share with you so you don't miss a thing. Don't forget to share us with your best friends, your gal pals, your work wives like Amanda and I, your daughter, your mom, anyone that would benefit from joining in on these conversations. Until next time. Bye.